This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Nobody Out Pizzas the Hut except Jabba the Hut eating pizza inside of a hut made of Jabba's. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one that I wrote. <laughs> I thought we could mark this November the 5th, a day that is sadly no longer remembered, by taking some time out of our daily lives to sit down and have a little chat. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. And even now, orders are being shouted into telephones, and men with guns will soon be on their way. Why? Because while the truncheon may be used in lieu of conversation, words will always retain their power. Words offer the means to meaning, and for those who will listen, the enunciation of truth. And the truth is, there is something terribly wrong this country isn't there ladies and gentlemen welcome back to roll the credits the podcast the only podcast that remembered november the 5th on november the 6th <laughs> we fucked up i'm zach or june <laughs> or oh, june thirteenth. <laughs> there's a june i forgot about june uh i'm frank and today we're here to talk about v for vendetta yes very it's uh Really good timing, Zach. Yeah, right? Very good timing Well, for we the did movie. Get Out, which was good timing, and yeah. now we're doing V for Vendetta, which is really good timing. Yeah. So, I mean, this has, like, a very... It's almost scary. Yeah, how, how fucking I real mean, it it's is. Not, it's not, like, exact parallels. There are some pretty... There yeah. are some big differences, but the fact of the matter is this movie was made in 2006 and takes place in 2020. And it also talks about <laughs> a fucking virus. Yeah, and like one of the main things is a virus. It's it's and then crazy. the government. Yeah, and yeah then no, fucking it's protesting. it's actually very very bizarre. Yeah, it's weird because I was watching it and I was like, oh my fucking god, <laughs> like how similar this is. Yeah, except we're not in England. Wouldn't that have been cool? That would have been cool. All right, so hello. Hello, governor. Hello. <laughs> uh, Zach, give us the rundown. All right, guys. V for Vendetta came down in 2005. Came down. Came down. <laughs> by you. <laughs> came out in 2005, directed by James McTeague. 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 Yeah, yeah McTeague. So you only have like a couple of people that like really, really matter in this film. Yes. Um, and even so, the only people that really there's care. Two. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a decent amount of people where I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? Yeah, yeah. And they don't do anything. But Hugo Weaving, man. Hugo Weaving is V. You have Natalie Portman, who plays Evie. John Hurt, who plays the Chancellor, Mm -hmm. who's like your main villain. And then you have Stephen Ray, who plays uh, Eric Finch. Yes. And he's like the detective. Right. So I don't know if you knew before you go into like the synopsis, but like this was a comic. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, so I I, I didn't know that until I saw the movie. I mean, this isn't the first time I've seen V for Vendetta. But this is the first time, I guess, that I realized, like, oh, wow. Because I I noticed that it says, like, DC in the credits. Yes. And I was like, does this take place in the DC universe? Kind of. So this is Vertigo. So Vertigo is much cooler, like, darker, weird shit. Yeah. So you have, like, V for Vendetta. You have Watchmen. Who's Alan Moore? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he makes, like, Alan Moore a little bit. All the best stuff. Yeah. So he did V for Vendetta. He did Watchmen. He did Swamp Thing. Um, he did everything with John Constantine, basically. Like, oh, Al- yeah. Well, yep. no, sorry. Alan Moore didn't do that, but Vertigo did. Mm. Um, John Constantine, which is really cool stuff. And then Sandman, which I think you might actually enjoy. Is that but Spider-Man? Like no. The Sandman? Oh, no, okay. completely different. I thought it was that... That guy that could just, like, make <laughs> Turn his into fist sand. really big out of sand. And you're like, eh, it's not. I mean, it's kind of a cool power. I can eh. grow my fingernails long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Frank, um, give us the rundown, though. Um, yeah, so V for Vendetta is about a totalitarian government 
that has complete control over their people. So much of the fact where it's kind of like, oh, we have curfews and you can't be out past certain hours. Um, so curfews have been mandated and even like police officers and everything, all of like the government and police and the everybody who's like in charge is all like really shitty people. They seem to be the, the way that they're portrayed in the movie is like rapists and like thugs yeah. is the way that I like saw them. Cause like you, you first meet them with like Natalie Portman in the alleyway mm-hmm. and it's just like, Oh, they're going to, they're going to rape her. Yeah. And these are the, the, you know, the quote unquote police officers. Yeah, of, Cause it's like martial law at this point. Yeah. And then uh, they're called finger men. Yeah. Which a, is weird. It's a weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I found like um, a whole thing about like everybody, but yeah. like, yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then you have V who comes in and he is kind of labeled as a terrorist. Mm-hmm. He's, I would, I call I consider him an, an anarchist. Um, I think that he is, uh, and he's basically like go down with government. He's, he's kind of like realizing, or he has realized for 20 plus years that, yeah. uh, the government is in control and, you know, there's that really great line of, you know, government, no, people shouldn't be afraid of their government. Government should be afraid of their people. And I think that kind of like sums up the entirety of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you learn a lot like, oh, the government is lying and how they manipulate the news and how they, and how they try to scare you into mm-hmm. into like submission and thinking that you can't survive without them. Yeah, like there's a really great line from one of the newscasters where he says, our job is to report the news, not fabricate it. That's, That's the, the government's government. job. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I was like, when I watched it, I was, I was like, like, oh, damn, drop the mic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like walk out. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much V for Vendetta. Um, I have, for the most part, nothing but positive things to say about this movie. Yeah, I mean, so when when this movie first came out in 2005, I remember I went to go see it with my dad and my brother. And I remember being at that stage more of a film liker and not a film enthusiast as we are now as adults. Yeah, I remember watching it and I didn't fully grasp it at the time. I was just like wow, he's really boring because he doesn't fight. Well, he, that's the thing, right? Because the, the, the marketing for this movie was terrible because yes. they, they promoted it like it was going to be this giant action. Yeah, you know, because like a again, superhero Something movie. that I said was that I didn't realize until the, the credits of this time watching it around that the Wachowskis wrote this. Yeah. So I had no idea. So th- they the way that the marketing team was promoting it was very much like the Matrix where mm-hmm. it was going to be like all these action sequences. And although they are there and they're extremely well uh directed like the, these are some of my favorite action scenes like ever in like in a movie they're they are so well directed the only thing i didn't like was like the cgi knife throwing but th- that so was, that that's the, the only yeah, thing that's like the only thing and you know again i think that is because of the whole like matrix era that yeah. like when this movie came out but for the most part i think that Everything aged very, very well, specifically the plot, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I had no idea that the Wachowskis made this, and I was so thrown off. I was like, wait a minute, they they wrote this? And then I found out that Alan Moore like hates this movie, even though he never saw it. And he was just like, yeah. oh, I read the screenplay, and I don't like it, because apparently they took like a lot they, of liberties and changed a lot, a lot of, liberties. of things. I don't know too much about it, but like for me, like not knowing anything from the graphic novel standpoint and just coming in for like the, the film aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so good. Yeah. I mean, I've, I have the comic like it, to its entirety. I haven't yeah. gotten the chance to like fully, fully read it, but like I have skimmed through and I know that like at the very, very end in the comic, Evie actually puts on the mask and kind of takes over the role mm. as kind of like, 
hey, the symbol for, like, justice and freedom hasn't died. It's just carrying on. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that part would have been cool to have in the film. But yeah. other, like, the film itself, I really stand behind, like, the message. And I really enjoyed it watching the, this time yeah. and fully grasping, like, what the film is about. It's not about the action Right. It's about the message. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this movie has something to say. I just want to get like what I don't like about the movie out of the way because yeah. for the most part, I really, really love this movie, so I really want to talk about all the positive aspects yeah, of it. because I but have a couple things, my too. My main thing, honestly, that I really don't like about this movie, and I don't know if the graphic novel does is, is differently, mm-hmm. but the, the main thing for me is that I feel like the government is the the people that are working for the government these politicians the you know i mean it's basically hitler honestly is yeah, like it's what all it is like nazis. it's all like nazi yeah so it, it really basically is hitler these guys are so comic book evil yeah. like they have they have He's no just on a giant screen yeah 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 <laughs> and but well yeah exactly so there's that and just like everybody that is that V is going against is basically just like the most cookie cutter evil where you have no background. They have no, there, there is no humanistic aspect to them. Mm-hmm. They have no, like they have no development to them. So everybody is just like, Oh, th- these are the bad guys and they're bad guys because they're bad. And it's just like, Oh, okay. So for me, that's like the biggest thing. I kind of wish that there was more of like a human element to the antagonist where because i mean everybody i mean like what's his name like the news guy the voice of of england oh, yeah, yeah. Him, um, when he's like taking a Lewis shower pro yeah yeah so when he's like showering and he's like listening to himself mm. and i mean he's such a like comic book evil person yeah that you have no guilt basically at all like mm. for them and then you know v is portrayed as this anarchist terrorist type that you actually are supposed to feel for. Mm -hmm. Like he's kind of portrayed in this like empathetic light. And I think that's great. Right. Like I I I think I really like V's background. I really like the whole aspect of like full, like whatever third degree burns entirely over his body and all that kind of got like a, a serious Deadpool origin yeah yeah well because of the fire like that that that, that was something that i did notice but yeah so that's honestly like my main like pretty much my only issue for the most part is just like the glaring one for me is just that i wish that the villains weren't so kind of like you know like rubbing their fists together like ah we're gonna take over the world and and they and they have no like background to them yeah because even so like the chancellor has like nothing other than just spouting out like this is how we're gonna control the people yeah and that's it you have that one guy towards the end who is in like his garden just doing like gardening but like same thing like we have no backstory of him i think the only one that kind of shows like a little depth is the older woman, like, one of the last people that V goes kills, to, like, assassinate, yeah. and she gives, like, the backstory of, like, you know, I'm sorry for what I've done, like, working on these people, yeah. and now I'm trying to better myself, and he has that great line of, like, I'm not here to kill you for what you're trying to do, I'm here to kill you for what you've done. Yeah. And she was, like, the most in-depth. Yep, and then my, my last little thing is just the exposition dump. Uh, yeah. When, when V is, like, wearing like the old man makeup you know what i mean he's like sitting there like giving the like he's talking to the two detectives and they don't know that it's v they think that Mm -hmm. it's whatever yeah it's just some old guy yeah they don't Uh, realize that until later that's just like a giant exposition dump of just like regurgitation of like all right here's everything that you need to know now and it's just like like just vomit basically you know i just don't like exposition i think it's just a lazy way of storytelling but 
other than that, I think this movie's pretty much great. The only other thing that I had that was like a little bit of an issue with it was there was a bit of a pacing issue in this film. See, I disagree. I actually think this movie's very well paced. For the, I, I for the actually, most part. I felt that like I, I kind of agree with you though because I did feel. I think the first time that I watched it, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh man." I'm feeling this like this is a little slow. Yeah. It's a two hour and fifteen minute movie. Yeah, and boy, does it feel like it at some points. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, I guess I don't know. I think that like I think it's really just like the expectations of like when you first when you first going into it and like you're seeing like oh man, this is gonna be like a cool action movie and it's just not what it is. It feels slower. Yeah. But I think after rewatching it a few times, I think this movie's actually very very well paced. Yes. In my opinion, I mean that's in my why, opinion. Like, yeah. For the most part, I think the only thing. That like somewhat dragged on a little bit was from the point of when Evie escapes the priest and kind of like goes off and like tries to That's live her life. That's a weird scene. Yeah. Like almost, Very odd. Yeah. Like almost like doesn't quite fit the rest of the movie. Almost like good times when like yeah. <laughs> with, when he's with the 15 year old. And yeah, it's yeah. like, oh. what's going on here? Because Natalie Portman is just in this like overly pink like yeah, like sexy like schoolgirl yeah. outfit, and and it it was just like I mean I get like why they did it, and I understand the purpose of it, but like it was just so bizarre because Natalie Portman is like this tiny little petite little you know woman. Yeah. So when you see her dressed up as like it's kind of like similar to like Black Swan, where like mm. her mother is babying her the entire movie, and it treats her like you're like how old is she again? Because yeah. <laughs> because she um, really comes across like in that one scene, it's like oh wow, she's twelve. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I absolutely love that she shaved her head for this film. Yeah, she was super she excited. Has, she for has this. such a good shaped head. That's why, like, I mean, whenever I see Natalie Portman. I'm always waiting to see, like, the shaved head because yeah. I think it looked so good on yeah. her. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, like, from the point of that weird scene with the priest until we get to when she's, like, taken and put into, like, the cell and then you learn that, like, it's it was all, all a f- yeah, facade. It was yeah. all just V trying to, like, break her down and build her back up so then that way she has no fear. Yeah. I think that portion of it, just dragged on slightly for me. Yeah, I get it. But everything else, because that's also kind of like that's kind of also like a little bit of like an exposition dump where she's just like reading that yeah. scroll or toilet paper or whatever in the story, and she's like going on and on and on. Mm. Here's a here's a discussion point for you. Okay, I was kind of like, wait a minute, Evie has Stockholm syndrome. A little bit, right? Yeah, a little bit. Because um, at the end of this film, they kind of confess that they love one another. Yeah, for and, the most, and he kidnaps her for the most part. Yeah, and breaks her like mentally, and I was like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> like, <laughs> hold like, up, <laughs> this was, is our hero." <laughs> <laughs> I was really feeling that. I was like, "Wait a minute, this is this like a, I don't know, like it, I don't think that, I, I I don't think that like that's that's like, not what, like, the, like point the point of the film." I, but but yeah. I really do kind of like was feeling like wait a minute is this like a Stockholm syndrome thing where it like she now portrayed. has fallen in love like with her like you know her cap her per, the person that captured her so that was a little weird. Yeah, I mean even so like with that priest scene like she decides like oh I'm gonna trick him and like say like hey I'm willing to help you mm-hmm. and then that just gets her outside. But then she ends up coming back. So I, I don't know if it's more of like a Stockholm syndrome. She or has abandonment it, issues. Yeah. Well, her her family being taken too, yeah. like when she was young. Yeah, so she just like needs like that someone to cling on to. Yeah. I did enjoy though 
everything that, else. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but I really enjoyed the fact that they emphasized that V's favorite movie is The Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah. Which, if nobody knows what the story is, like, it has a huge significance to this film. Yep. Where it's basically, like, this man is brought to exile and he escapes and then plots his revenge for an like a year or two yeah and then comes in wearing a mask and then kills the it's people. like the most in-depth like i don't know if you ever read the book mm-hmm. but it is like the most in-depth crazy way that he is like gonna like get revenge like it, it is it's absolutely insane i i remember like some things doesn't he have like a giant fucking something to like kill i don't want to i don't want to ruin it it's I, like I, a giant honestly, there, 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 there's a, here's a middle recommendation in the middle of the episode go read that book it is so good. Um, let's go back, though. Eggy in a basket, man. Yeah. That shit looks delicious. I, my dad used to make that for me when I was a Seriously? kid. Seriously? Yeah. What is it? It's just it's toast just, with an egg on it? It's just a piece of toast it? with, like, you cut, a, you cut a hole in the middle, and then you just <gasps> and throw And then you put the fucking egg, egg in inside? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was watching that, and I was like, does he just put the egg on top? <laughs> I'm going to make yeah. that shit later. Um, so, things that I really, really want to, like, kind of just emphasize mm-hmm. is this movie is, like, masterfully directed i don't know specifically if james mcteague really directed this movie because i've seen like other films that he's made and not as good and they're just not nearly like to this extent so i kind of have a feeling that the wachowskis may have been like eh, let's take this over yeah. and then you'll take the credit kind of like yeah. i really do think that like the wachowskis may have had like a really big like significance in like the filming of this um but if it is james james mcteague by himself wonderful job sir yeah if it was the wachowskis and you guys all working together i don't really care like who did it it's it just it's great. still just so good um i think the camera work is very very impressive i think the action scenes are filmed really 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 well mm-hmm. um hugo weaving in this film he, is fantastic he him as v and like kind of like this smooth talk you're not even smooth just talking proper just proper english yeah apparently i guess in the graphic novel he has like schizophrenia and like that's like a point in like why he like talks the way that he talks yeah i mean again there's a lot of things in in the comic that i'm not even sure of because yeah, I, I haven't read it i think it fully. that was, I th- i'm pretty sure that was something that i that i picked up that he like in the graphic novel he, he's schizophrenic i know that um, they did have like in the comic they they had it where like his mask has like slight um, facial feature differences to it so yeah. like it really can portray like the emotion and they were thinking about doing that for this film yeah but they felt like it would be much better if it was just like one solid look yeah that was um something that i noticed i mean weaving's performance as v is really interesting charismatic the, well it's it's so interesting that he's able to give like you this sympathetic humanistic character when you can't even see his face like yeah i feel like that's very difficult for an actor to do where it's like all right here you're gonna wear a mask the entire time and you have to portray emotion mm-hmm. it's like oh okay and i think that he comes up to the plate and just fucking slams it like yeah. it's just it's such a, he's so good in this movie and i was like i was like i don't really know who this guy is that well i'm like let me see what else he's in. it was like oh he's in the lord of the rings and he's like i was yeah. like oh okay I don't know. I've never he, seen those. Hugo <laughs> Weaving's done like a couple of things, but like this is always the performance that I go back to with him. Yeah. Because this is like yeah. his, in my opinion, his best performance. I really wanted to like see his face. <laughs> I want to see how fucked up he was. I'm okay with not seeing I, it. I mean, I, that's the point. Yeah. But like the, like, you know, like the sadistic part of me is like, I really just want to like 
I want to see your, you know, I want to see your scars. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got the hand, so I mean, yeah, it, it's kind they're, of like a rough. window. Yeah, they're rough. It's it's bad. Yeah, yeah, and also the, uh, I actually think that the relationship between Evie and V is it's actually, balanced. Yeah, I think it's like not corny. In a way, because like I would have been very upset in this movie if they if they did kind of like the whole thing where, you know, like it was the she, love story. Yeah, and like she does like do either like a Spider Man thing where like she pulls up the mask or <laughs> like or she takes it off completely and then they like she sees him and they're like oh we're gonna share this kiss and we're gonna love each other and uh, like uh, like I'm so happy that they went the other route with it and they were just like they're gonna fall in love but it's gonna be like. I don't know if I would say like a more realistic portray, but it's just like not the stereotypical like movie route. Yeah, I mean, like it really is just the kiss at the end where she kisses the mask. Yeah. And he kind of just like walks off and knows that he can't stay with her. Yeah. Did you notice though? I don't know if you noticed, but in that scene, like with the train, Evie changes her clothes like three different times. No, I didn't notice that. So, is that a continuity thing? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, because. So, when she shows back up, like, the night of November 5th, yeah, she's wearing, like, this dress. And when they walk down to the train area that he's showing her, like, hey, this is what you need to do. Just pull the lever. This is your decision, not mine. Yeah, yeah. And she's wearing almost, like, this, like, Ripley space outfit from Alien. Really? Yeah. I didn't notice this. And then V goes and does the really cool, like, fight scene. Where he got shot way too many times to still be okay, but you know the bulletproof vest. Bulletproof vest, I guess. It wasn't. It was like a. It, it, it was, was just like a, a knight's knight. armor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, hey, badass. I, yeah, I guess it ate some of it. Yeah. Um, and then when it shoots back to her, she's wearing the dress again, mm. and it's like, oh yeah, so that, that that's got to be a continuity thing. Yeah, I was like weird. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Did your dad notice? Wait, did you watch this with your dad? No, no I watched this other by myself. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually didn't notice that. That's interesting. Normally, I, I notice things like that. Um, I wonder why. I wonder if that was literally just a continuity thing or if that was like a, hey. Or maybe she was getting ready for like space travel. Yeah, she was. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I have a shaved head now. I'm yeah. going to be the new Ripley. I'm badass. <laughs> <laughs> alien, 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 come <laughs> Sponsor me. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I, there's really. So, I mean, I guess we have to get on the discussion of like the plot. We haven't really discussed like. The actual meaning. Yeah, yeah. Scary. Yeah, I mean, that's why, like, it's so surreal, like, how much it really portrays what's going on in the world right now. Yeah, I mean, it's so bizarre that you, I mean, the opening, I, I believe the opening of the movie is them, like, talking about the virus and them, like, on that, you know, on the news or that guy, the voice of England, and he's yeah. just, like, talking about, like, the virus and how it's pretty much just wiped out everybody. Mm-hmm. Um and it's so weird with this whole like COVID nineteen coronavirus thing, and how the government fully, you know, took charge and was like, okay, curfews, uh, you know, you mandated everything. Like you guys, you know, it's, we are in charge of you, and and it's kind of what it. I mean, we, we're not we're, we're not, not there, yet, there yet, but yet it definitely like is kind of like feeling like. I mean, there are certain states in the United in the U S. that had that do have curfews and stuff like yeah. that that have been like noticing it obviously this isn't like a global thing Mm -hmm. um and then you have like people showing like pictures of like 
army vehicles and everything like that. And it's like, oh, is martial law, like, on its way? Right. I mean, you have, like, that really great scene where, you know, the government is basically like, we need to show the population that they need us. And then they just start throwing out all these fabricated stories of viruses and war and terror. And it's all just, like, scary stuff, scary stuff, scary stuff, just to, like, freak out the public. And, you know, the government's pretty much like, you know, you the only way that we're going to get through this is if you listen to us. But at that point, they their 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 people were just like, I don't believe any of this shit. Like this is all bullshit. Yeah. And I, that's kind of like where we are. Like it's it's really really weird. And that's why too. Like I mean, I forgot like where we were at like in the story, but like there was a death that like sparked everybody protesting. Yeah. And again, much like what's going on right now. Yeah. Really, really like surreal stuff and 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 it again it's so weird that the movie takes place in 2020 yeah it's so it's It's like (laughs) scary weird you know know what i mean it's almost like on point with it yeah i mean obvious i I would say that for the most part you know the riot or like the protests that have been going on like now Mm -hmm. are pretty peaceful for the most part there are rioters who are just like taking advantage and whatever again v is more of like the anarchist and he's like i say more like vigilante I call. I, I think he's an anarchist. <laughs> anarchist. I, I think. Okay. I mean, when he when you start blowing up buildings, uh, and and you know, for the greater good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, mean that Big Ben scene at the end. Yeah. Right. Which really is just like a staple point of the government at the time. Yeah. Where it's like I've destroyed this thing that really stands for the government. Right. And now tomorrow will be a different day. Exactly. Um. And you know, I. I again, I consider him like. An, an anarchist I think that he is and I don't think that that's the way of going about things but I do think there is something to be said about you know his methods yeah and the simple fact that yeah like you know peaceful protests are good and necessary and they should happen but a lot of times if you do a peaceful protest nothing gets done you know what I mean like it kind of takes like every once in a while, like a little kick in the teeth, like for them to be like, all right, we're going to listen to you guys. You know what I mean? And obviously I think like that's kind of like, I think this movie takes it to the extreme, obviously. Yeah. Um, that's what it was too. Like when V is going over, like what would happen if everything like sparked and like you have the little girl that's being shown where she's spray painting the V and then the police shoot her. And then everybody starts like crowding around the cop and then they start beating them up. And then that's really what, at least a hypothetical sparks everything. Mm-hmm. And again, like it's, it's, it's very spot on. It's weird. It's so bizarre. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, it's a, it's a weird time to watch Viva Vendetta mm-hmm. at now, but I mean, it's so good. Yeah. It's such a good movie. I mean, that's why like when it's close to the ending and like everybody is just coming out protesting with these masks on yeah, and the chancellor know. the chancellor's dead the other guy is dead everybody in power is dead now and like the army is just standing there is like wait we don't have like a call yet we don't don't do anything yeah. and then everybody just walks past the army it's yeah. like oh fuck like this is the real movement for it like yeah. this is the turning point where the people have taken control again yeah and i mean when you know when they're all watching the massive explosion go down and they're all standing there. And then you get the reveal that, mm-hmm. you know, the girl that wrote that story that was in like Natalie Portman's cell, she's still alive. Apparently. 
I thought that was I, I didn't quite get that. I don't I, know. I don't know if I missed something, but I was very confused because V had like the mural of her, mm-hmm. and she, it was like, oh, she died like years ago. I don't think that was specifically her. I think more so like obviously they use these two women as like the actors for like the um, flashback. Yeah, maybe. But it was more of like the idea of who I, she stood a, for. That's a possibility. Yeah. That's um, what I got at least. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You, you might be right. Um. And but yeah, I mean, when they're all watching it, and then you realize that, like, oh shit, change is about to happen. Like, because yeah. this movie does leave on like a positive note. Yeah, you and know? I, I really liked one of the last lines from Natalie Portman where she's with Finch after pulling the lever, and he asks like, "Who was he?" And she says like some name I forgot what it was, and then she, well, she says, says she was like she, he was my father, and she then, was my and mother, then he goes on my yeah. brother. He was you, he was me, he was all of us. And then at that point is when, like, Big Ben's exploding and everybody takes off the mask. Yeah. And I thought that was a really powerful scene where it's, like, we all stand for this. Yeah. But at the same time, too, we're all individuals and we are our own people. So, yes, like, he stood for all of us, but we are all one, all united, and at the same time, too, different. And that's what makes us unique. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Good job, Zach. Thank you. Every now Solid and again, pick. I get a good one. Solid pick. Poopy boy. <laughs> ruined it. Uh, you have a recommendation? I do, actually. Um, something to go along with Alan Moore. So there is the comic Swamp Thing that he did for DC Vertigo. Mm-hmm. And it is fucking beautiful. <laughs> it is poetry in comic book form. So if you don't know like what Swamp Thing is, it's about this scientist who ends up working on like something to like bring people back from the dead. Um, he doesn't want to work on it, but people are forcing him to do so. Uh, there's an explosion in the lab. He dies, but it's fused with whatever he was working on, and he actually comes back to life as basically just Frankenstein, but plants. It's all just like moss and like yeah, plants yeah. and everything like that. And he goes on, like, this journey through the woods, like, trying to find, like, his wife and try to, like, rekindle the love, but realizing that he can't do so because of how he looks. And then also there is a bit of, like, eco-warfare that's in it, too, where, like, he's fighting off people that are destroying the the forest because now he can feel the forest. Mm. And he's trying to get back to, like, being a person And he realizes, spoiler, but he realizes that really his soul is just implanted into these plants. Aha, implanted into the plants. ah, You get it. (laughs) But he finds like his skeleton and he realizes that like he is actually dead. Right. And it's really just like this plant based like humanoid that survived with his memories. So he can never go back to it. Yeah. But it's just fucking poetry. And Alan Moore did such a great job. Yeah. I think he only did like a run of 98 issues for it. Oh, but only 98? Only. That's short for Is comics. It? Yeah. That's, oh, really? That's fucking short. <laughs> I mean, I've I've read many series that are longer than that. Oh, wow. Yeah. But really nice job on it. One of my favorite comic books ever written. And... I love Swamp Thing. He's he's a gross Frankenstein man, yeah, yeah. and I I lean more towards like the Universal monsters, anyways. Right. So, if you if you can, pick up some of the omnibuses of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Cool. Uh, next movie that we are going to be doing is 
uh? a Prime, no, a Netflix, nope, a Amazon Prime uh, original, I guess, okay. or whatever it is, uh, and it is called The Vast of Night. A little indie movie that I that I found, and I really really want to discuss it. Little indie ditty, little 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 <laughs> indie ditty, uh, and that's it. Cool, Zach, take us out. All right, guys, thank you for listening. Now, Frank, beneath this mask, there is an idea, and an idea is bulletproof.